is already leaving the stadium. Say amen. Hallelujah. Get your Bibles and remain standing, if you will. And turn with me real quickly to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. We're going to go back there. Uh, we were there last week, and, uh, and, and we've got some good stuff today. Got some good stuff today. And a real good practical thing that's going to help us be what God wants us to be. It's amazing, I, I, I've told a couple guys, it's, it's amazing how my, my, my study pattern and, and the way my thinking has been going as we've been making the changes here in the church and, and the way we have set our program to develop disciples because we believe uh, that God commanded us to develop disciples. He said, go and make disciples. It's part of the Great Commission. I believe it is very important. It's critical that we go and make disciples. And, and, and the way that my thought pattern has been going, uh, real practical, real practical. It doesn't matter how much you know unless you have the ability to put it in action. Because it's not what you're learning, it's what you're living. It says, don't, don't be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. Church, say amen. The Bible says in John 8, we'll read, we'll read two verses, and, we'll, and then we'll let, no, we're going to read 32 too. We need to read that too. Verse 30, uh, John chapter 8, in verse number 30. When you get there, say amen. And he spake these words, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then... Are ye my disciples indeed? And, and watch what this will do for you. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you notice it didn't say set you free? Very important. And if your Bible said it, you need to cross it out and put the word make there. Because set means you turned it loose. which It has the ability to get caught again. But if you are made free, it, you're done, son. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you know why there's so many Christians that are still in bondage? Because they don't know the truth. They, we'll get into that. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you'll anoint this outline, anoint this word, that it will help us to be what we're supposed to be. And God, we'll thank you and praise you. Lord, we've already felt your presence today. Lord, we really need to feel it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I, I, I preached last week on the subject of continuing in His Word. Continuing. What does it mean to continue in His Word? He said if we're going to be disciples, if we're going to uh, uh, be and have what we need to be and have as a Christian then we're going to have to continue in His Word. This is not something that's a give-or-take situation. This is not a, well, like a buffet, you can choose this part or that part. If you're going to be the Christian that God expects you to be, and let me say this, if you're going to be the Christian you need to be to have peace, have joy, have happiness, you're going to have to continue in His Word. Well, we broke that down. We broke that down last week. Let's do a quick review of last week. Uh, if we're going to continue in His Word, the first thing we're going to have to do, we're going to have to what? We're going to have to receive it. We're going to have to get it. You can't continue in something you don't have. Are y'all with me? I, 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 I we, we, how many of y'all, well, I'm not going to go there. Uh, how many of y'all have been behind in, in, in a school grade uh, uh, math, for instance? Uh, I was I was instructed, and I, I had some uh, constructive criticism, uh, uh, and I and I and it was right. But, uh, but so I got to be careful how I word this. Uh, uh, have you ever been behind in in a in a class, and 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 you were supposed to know such and such, but you didn't have it yet? You could not review it. You could not do it because you did not receive it. Now, we have Christians that are born again. They're saved. They know the Lord as their personal Savior. And they have such a, a great opportunity with what's in their hand, but they will not take it and receive it. I read of a, I read of a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, back, I think it's uh, uh, two Super Bowls ago, I believe. Uh, but a Super Bowl commercial, they did a, a spoof, Fed, Federal Express, uh, did a, a mock-up of that movie, or, or the movie that, that uh, Tom Hanks was in. Uh, what would Wilson what, cast away? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? He was on an island, 
and he lived and played with a volleyball and, and you know, and he about lost his mind. And he kept one package. Well, Federal Express did a, uh, 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 a skit on that particular pattern. And this guy, he, he was rescued and he had this one package. This one package is what got him through and it helped him survive because he was determined to deliver this package to the person it was mailed to. And he got to the door and he knocked on the door and he told his whole story to the lady at the door. And, and uh, 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 she, she, he said, ma'am, this saved my life. This saved my life. And I, 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 just need, I, I just need to know what was in that package. She said, it was a satellite radio. It was a satellite telephone. Man spent years on this island with everything he needed right there in that package. He just didn't open it. And we've got Christians today that are getting the tar beat out of them by the devil and begging, oh, God, help me. And he said, the radio's in the package. Everything you need to have victory in your life, to have peace in your life, to have joy in your life, it's all in the book. What did, what did, what did Jesus use to defeat the devil? He came and faced temptation. He came and faced Everything that you and I face, he was in all points tempted as we are. But he did not use supernatural power. He could afflict the devil off the planet. But listen, he did not do that. Every time the devil came to him, he said, It is written. It is written. It is written. The very thing you have in your lap is what you need to get victory in your life. You have it. But you've got to receive it. You've got to get it. We said there's, there's basically two ways. There's, there's a few ways, but basic two ways. You hear it through the preaching. You hear it through the service. You need to come. Uh, listen, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come and hear the preaching. Come and hear the preaching. Receive the word that way. Faith cometh by and hearing by the word of God. But not only that, you need to read the Bible. said, I'm not a good reader. I'm a poor reader. I, I don't even know how to read. They got it on CD and tape. There's no excuse. No excuse. And I'm going to prove that. I'm going to prove that. Something God showed me, and I'm going to prove that in just a minute. But we, had, we said last week we have to receive it. So you receive it. You're receiving it now. You're receiving it now. But then what's the second step? If we're going to continue in the Word, we not only must receive it, but with, then we must review it. He said, he said he meditated on day and night. He would think about it. He would contemplate Listen, he would, he would take what he had received and bring it back to his mind and let it work on his heart. You need to review it. We, we, we talked about how important it is not to leave this door, not to leave this building and forget what you heard. We have set up, we have set up a program, a small group program, where you can come together and review what is being preached on Sunday. During the week, you'll be in a group if you are taking advantage of this opportunity and you'll have your notebook there and you can go over what is preached so it will reinforce it in your mind so you can remember the word that you receive. Why? Because if you do not retain it, it cannot help you. I didn't come to entertain you. And if all you are doing is getting excited about what we're saying, but then you walk out the door and you don't remember what I said, how is the Word going to transform your life? You're coming here to get your life changed. You're coming here to get stronger. You're coming here to have your faith encouraged and built up and strengthened. But if you do not remember it, how is it going to help you? So in order to continue in the Word, we must, number one, we must receive it. Number two, we must... Then, more importantly, and this is the reason we do one and two, is so we can rehearse it. Rehearse it. God wants us to be Christ-like. Would you all agree to that? He, he has predestined us to be conformed to the image of His Son. Now, how are we going to do that? We need to know how His Son acted. How are we going to do that? By receiving the Word and doing it. Well, in the message last week, in our small groups, we discussed that. We discussed that. You say, how, how do you have it set up so we can do that? Well, you receive the word in the preaching. You discuss it in the small groups. We're in, encouraging and, and, and have participation one with another on, on how I can, I can live what I just heard. But then we rehearse it out in the world when we serve God in, the, in our different service ministries, which we're working on now. But one of, the, one of the things that was brought to my attention, one of the things that was brought to my attention during the small group time uh, when it comes to receiving the word, 
The hardest part, and I, I, had, I don't know how many people tell me, said, Preacher, uh, pray for me that I would want to read my Bible. Pray for me that I would have the desire to read my Bible. In other words, I want to want to receive. I, I want to read my Bible. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And I, I begin to talk to folks. And you know, this is a universal issue. Some people think, some people think just because we're up on this platform or these guys are in teaching classes and, and all this stuff that we just have some miracle gene in our, our DNA that makes us just want to jump out of bed and take our Bible and say, all right, God, here we go. Uh-uh. I am not a morning person. I do not dive out of bed. The angels do not sing my name in the morning and say, "Woohoo, hallelujah, Malcolm is, he is up and ready. That does not happen. It's usually Tammy kicking me out of bed. Amen. That doesn't happen. We live in flesh. Flesh is sinful. Flesh is corrupt. Flesh is weak. Jesus said, Peter, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And that's why we struggle so bad with this. We struggle with getting our Bible. I told some folks I was was, was, uh, working with, I said, look, the hardest thing I have, I have two hard things. Number one, getting started, and number two, getting stopped. The hardest thing I get, and I, is just getting into it. But then once I get into it, man, God begins to show me things, and I see things, and, and boy, then I don't want to stop. But here's, what, here's our dilemma. How do we get into it? How do we get that in our heart and in our life and make that a habit of our life of reading our Bible every day? How many of y'all ate something yesterday? Uh, be honest now. You ate something, an apple. I know they ain't got that many spiritual fasting people in the building. Amen. How many of you ate something yesterday? If it was a biscuit with gravy, amen. Hallelujah. Now look, was that important? Say, oh yeah, that was important. Now look, you've got to eat to keep living. You have to eat to survive. And And the Bible says that our spiritual man, it must have nourishment. You have two people. It's kind of like this. You have two pit bulls in you. You have a spiritual pit bull and you have a fleshly pit bull. And whichever one you feed and nourish the most, that's the one that's going to win out. Listen, if if you ignore the spirit, if you ignore your spiritual person, you ignore Bible reading. If you ignore uh, the prayer, the things that would encourage that side, and, and, and you feast on the worldly things and do all that, I mean, you can be saved, but you're going to be a hellion because you're not going to have the ability, you're not going to have the strength to be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. It's just not going to happen. Now, what do we do then? This was an intriguing question for me. What? How can I want to read my Bible. I begin to think, all right, Lord, what do I need to preach on to help people want to read their Bible? I got stumped. I read this verse and that verse, and and I turned over here and I turned over there. I turned over on the Internet, say amen. I said, maybe somebody smarter than me on that. Couldn't find no help there. I called different preachers. I called uh, uh, different preachers that got doctorate degrees, and they're a whole lot more intelligent than I am. And I found out they was not really a whole lot more intelligent than I was. Amen. They were stumped just like I was. They would say this and that. And, and, and I, so I just, I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to go to the great physician. Amen. And I got on my knees, and I began to pray. I said, all right, God, I got this problem. Our people's got this problem. And we know this problem is keeping us from being what we need to be. Because the devil's going to fight you tooth and nail when it comes to you trying to read your Bible. Because he knows the fruit that will come out of you being diligent and receiving the Word of God. So I prayed. And I prayed. I said, God, I, I, I want discipline. I want desire. And you know what I have found out and God showed me? We're getting things backwards. We're getting things backwards. The first thing, all right, if I'm going to if I'm going to have this, the, the keys, I, I, I wrote the title of this, and I promise you, I'll, be, I'll, I'll try to go as quick as I can. The recipe for receiving. What do I need to do? What needs to be in my life for me to receive the word of God? Not just coming here and hearing it. Because this is not enough. 
I don't care how good the teacher is. I don't care how good the preacher is. If you ate on Sunday and didn't eat the rest of the week, you'd be a frail human being. And your spiritual man is the same way. Listen, what, what do I need to do or what do I need to have in my life to receive the word? This is what God told me. This is what God told me. I, I, I shared this with, a, with a, another person uh, that, that likes to work out. Likes to work out. I mean, looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Got lumps all over him. I mean, he's just swole everywhere. Amen. Goes to the gym all the time. I mean, all the time. And, 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 and I said, what made you do that? Because he used to be a lot smaller than me. I said, what made you do that? He said, I decided. When he said that word, God said, bingo. He said, I decided that I wanted to better myself. He said, I decided that I didn't want to be this anymore. And when I hung up that phone, God began to ring bells in my spirit and in my heart. The first thing it takes, if we're going to be and have and receive from God's word, we must make a decision. We must make a decision. Listen, a decision will come before discipline. A decision will come before desire. You must make up your mind. I'm going to do this. I am tired of being where I'm at. The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Before it ever came out, he said, I will not defile myself. I'm making a choice right now. I'm making a decision in my life. I don't care what the world does. I don't care what my friends do. I will not do this. He made a choice. What did Joshua say? Choose you this day. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I found this out. There's no easy way to this. There's no easy way to this. And if you're looking for a shortcut, this, there's no shortcut. If you're looking for an easy way out, there's no easy way out. You have got to decide today that this is what God said to do. You have got to decide today, this is what I want in my life. I've got to decide today, hey, this is important to me. You've got to make a choice. It all boils down to a decision. I said, Lord, what will help me make my decision? If you're going to make a choice and a decision today, that decision's only going to come by this, a dissatisfaction with conditions. That young man said, I was tired of being what I was. He said, I was tired of being what I was. And you say, does this stuff really work? Yes, sir. Dave Ramsey, how many of y'all have ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey, the financial guru, financial genius, and so forth and so on. He deals with people and helps them get out of debt, help them set budgets and all this kind of thing. And he said the people that come to him and say, well, I want to kind of sort of maybe uh, think about uh, getting around to uh, maybe uh, thinking about getting out of debt. And he said then people won't do anything. But then people that come to him with their hair stuck up this high off the top of their head, I mean, about half undressed, looked like they'd been through a tornado. And they said, Dave, I'm going to get out of debt. I don't care if it kills me. He said, that dude's getting out of debt. You know why? He made a decision. He was tired of being in bondage. He was tired of worrying every day of his life if somebody's going to come take everything he had. He was tired of living from day to day, week to week. He got angry, he got emotional, and he made a decision. This is what we're going to do. You know what? what you're going to have to do it's what you're going to have to do and you won't make that decision you know it's the same it's the same thing with are you and people that are in 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 habits people that are in in bondage to to uh to, to drugs and that type of thing they're not going to get help till they get sick and tired of being where they are I've tried chasing people down. I've tried helping people. I've tried uh, doing this and I've tried doing that and, and, and just chase them all over the place. And say, Come on, this is what you... And, 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 and they will not do it till they get sick of where they are. And the saddest part is they usually don't get there till they hit bottom. And by the way, if you're in bondage in that, nest, in, in that atmosphere in that way, I promise you bottom is coming. It's coming. You may not have hit it yet, you may, but I promise you, it's on the way. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but when it's through, amen. Listen, you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. And by the way, this, this command, there's got to be a, a dissatisfaction with condition. What, what, do it, what did 
Paul say? Philippians 3. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ. Brethren, watch this word, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark. You know what he's saying? I'm not satisfied where I am. He's wrote many, many letters in the Word of God. Started many, many churches on his missionary journeys. I mean, seen things that no human being has ever saw. Got revelation upon revelation. Yet Paul said, I am not satisfied where I am. I don't want to stay in this place. I want to move forward. I want to go to where God wants me to be. Don't get satisfied where you are. The first step to death is to plateau and get satisfied where you are. Listen, you won't make a decision that you get tired of being beat up by the devil. You won't, you won't make a decision till you get tired of waking up depressed every day. Till you get tired of having discouragement instead of joy. You won't, you won't make that decision till you get tired of it. But I guarantee you this. If you're ever going to do it, you're going to have to make a choice. Just, I'm, I'm deciding today. What will help me with my decision, preacher? Dissatisfaction with condition. But not only that, a discernment of command. A discernment of command. Psalms 119.4 Thou hast commanded us. Did y'all get that word? Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word study means to make an effort. You've got to make an effort. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let me tell you, this command was not to y'all, it was to you. You don't need to... Now, now youngest. You don't need to leave it up to your parents to determine your spirituality. They don't need to have to hang over you every day of your life saying, did you read your Bible? Did you pray today? Did you, did you, did you study? Did you, did, you, did you learn something about Christ today? How many of y'all parents would agree with that? Well, good. Because you don't need to leave it up to your spouse to do the same thing. If you think these young people and these teenagers need to step up and be a man or be a young lady for Christ and do it and make that decision on their own, you don't need to let your wife or your husband take notes for you. Because it is your spiritual walk. It is your spiritual life. I cannot stand my dad. I love my dad and I love my mom. They did so much for me my whole life and helping me and training me and directing me and keeping me and, 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 and developing me. But I promise you this, they cannot stand for me. And they won't stand for me. I had to make a choice in my life. I'm going to be this because I want this in my life. I want peace in my life. I want power in my life. I want, listen, prosperity in my life. I cannot let my wife determine my spirituality. If I'm going to mature, I've got to do it on my own. Oh, you're being mean and then you just don't understand. No, I understand. We get lazy. And I'm not being mean. I'm just tired of the devil winning. When we have the satellite radio in our package. Listen, we have got to make a choice. This is about me. Why is it that we'll look down on somebody for committing adultery? Or stealing a car? Or, or committing arson or something of that nature? And we know a direct command by God that we ignore and think we're somebody because we go to church. And won't read our Bible. I know some of you don't read your Bible because it's in the lost and found. Been there for months. This, this ain't funny. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
If you were in battle, and you are, you military people in here that was in the military, you come to battle. What's that in your hand? What's that in your hand? What's the Bible compare that to? What's it called that in Hebrews? Sword. It's your weapon. What would your drill sergeant or your, your, your commanding officer say if you say, I don't know what I've done with it. It's time for you to go on a march. It's time for you to go on a mission. Say, I left it somewhere. I don't know what I've done with it. There ain't no lost and found in the army. Are y'all with me? Oh, you're taking this too seriously. I sure am. I'm tired of teen pregnancies. I'm tired of babies out of wedlock. I'm tired of uh, uh, venereal diseases, and I'm tired of divorces in church, and, and, and I'm tired of, listen, uh, church people getting hooked on drugs, and, and I, I'm tired of all this. When it's senseless. You going to make a choice? I wish I could make it for you, but I can't. How am I going to get a desire? You've got to decide. You've got to decide. Your decision will be affected by your dissatisfaction with your condition. Not only that, but your discernment of command. God commanded us to read our Bible. And I will say this. If it helps, and I know a lot of people that don't read good or, or even cannot read at all, get it on CD. Let me make this here. Let me make this. I'll, I'll give you this my promise, and I'll do it out of my own pocket. If you cannot read or you cannot read good, and, and that is a struggle with you. I understand that. And, and we'll do it privately. You let me know. You call me. You text me. You come see me. And I promise you, I will do it. If you don't have money, I'll do it with my own money. And I'll buy you that. I promise you. And I'm not being sarcastic. And I'm not being smart. I'm meaning this with all my heart. Because I want you to get God's word. That will be a very, very small investment for the return that I will get here in this church by seeing you mature in Christ. You've got to make a decision. Then, number two, number two, and see, we get these backwards. We've got to have discipline. Discipline. And I'm going to give you some real practical things right here that's going to help you. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. Paul is speaking. He says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. In other words, he's self-controlled. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection. In other words, I have it disciplined. Disciplined. Listen, I know what some of you think. Well, I'm just not disciplined enough to read my Bible. I don't have any discipline. Yes, you do. You get up and go to work. You get up and brush your teeth, possibly. Hopefully, amen. You, you, you do certain things in your life. You have discipline. But you know what you're disciplined to? What's important to you. Now, you'll get up and go to work and be on time because you know that you'll get fired if you don't. If you get fired, your wife won't let you come back home. You can't pay your bills, so that's important to you. But the sad part is, as Christians, we don't see that reading our Bible is important to us until we are in a mass tragedy and wonder what happened. We will have discipline when it's important to us. Discipline. Consistency. Max, Max Anders said this, Only the disciplined ever get really good at anything. Everything in life requires some sort of discipline, whether it's hitting a baseball climbing a mountain, playing a musical instrument, or making good grades. It all comes down to a matter of discipline. Many people have ambitions that will never be realized, goals that will never be reached, visions that will never materialize simply because they have no discipline. Their dreams don't lie beyond their abilities. They have the ability, but it lies beyond their discipline. The Christian life is no different. The church is filled with people who would love to be mature Christians with a tremendous knowledge of God's Word, but they're not willing to pay the price to achieve it. It was the late Gus Nichols that a Christian spoke to and said, I'd give my life to know the Bible like you do. And Gus said, that's exactly what it took. A lifetime of study and dedication. 
The word is full of natural this world is full of naturally brilliant people who will never be anything more than ordinary because they aren't willing to make the sacrifice necessary to become great. And the church is full of people like that too. Watch this. John Wesley. John Wesley, this is before cars and trucks and so forth. John Wesley traveled an average of 20 miles a day for 40 years. He got up every morning at 4 o'clock. He preached 40,000 sermons. 4 o'clock, did y'all get that part? 4 o'clock in the morning. 40,000 sermons. Produced 400 books and knew 10 languages. At the age of 83, he was annoyed because he couldn't write more than 15 hours a day without hurting his eyes. And at the age of 86, he was ashamed that he couldn't preach more than twice a day. He claimed or complained in his diary that there was an increasing tendency to lie in bed till 5.30 in the morning. Now I know what you're thinking. No, I don't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm not going to say amen unless Tammy makes me. Hallelujah. I'm not saying to do none of that stuff. But couldn't we at least be disciplined to read our Bibles 15 minutes a day? I'm not saying you've got to preach 40,000 sermons. I'm not saying you've got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying you've got to write books. And, 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 and I'm just saying get your Bible and open it and start reading it. We can do this. The devil's lie. Well, I don't understand it. Let me, let me help you with something. This is not Wall Street Journal. This is not Time. This is not Newsweek. This is not Coonhound Bloodlines. This is not Prohound. This is not uh, 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 whatever anybody else reads, uh, Office Max Weekly. I don't know. It's not any of that stuff. It's God's living word. It says Hebrews, it is quick and powerful. It means alive. I mean, it's always mo- And when you read it and God unlocks, man, this thing is full of secrets and mysteries that only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. And we go into it like we're just reading the paper. I've read a chapter hundreds of times. Then all of a sudden, with the need that I had in my life, I read that chapter and God said, let me show you what that really means. And son, it just blows my mind. God unveils it and uncovers it. It's a whole new world that's there. Man, there's treasures untold in God's Word. But you can't go into it like this is just some ordinary book. This is the Word of God. And the only way you're going to understand it is to be filled with the Spirit of God. Some people don't get anything out of it, number one, because they're lost. You're not going to get it if you're lost. You've got to get saved first. Because the same Spirit that wrote this has got to be in your heart, and it will reveal to you what it's saying. Some are just lazy. Some, listen, there's many other reasons. Some quit too soon. I don't get gold nuggets every day. Those gold miners in the in, in, in out west in California, they didn't just every day they come out with a sack of gold. They'd go and dig and dig and dig and dig because they knew there was something in there. And they'd just keep digging and they'd find something. And son, that'd make them want to dig some more. And after digging for a while, here comes another one. Well, they'd dig some more and say, son, there's got to be more from where that come from. And they just kept on digging. And before long, son, they was rich. The word is the same way drink of cool water if you're going to get water you got to dig if you're going to get cool water you got to dig deep don't quit too soon I read two verses preaching I didn't understand either one of them don't quit look let me give you just some things right here and if you don't take notes make this an exception here's, here's four easy tips on being disciplined because not in some areas, I'm just not. There was more. Tammy really, there was more. But I went to people who were good at this stuff, and I began to study some of their stuff. I'm like, hey, great writer. He had some good stuff, and this is what I want to give you. All right, and discipline ourselves. We've made a choice. We've made a decision. We're going to do this. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to, we're going to receive God's Word so I can be a better Christian. Now I need discipline. Okay, how am I going to get disciplined? Okay, here's the deal. Write this down. A, in order to be disciplined and consistent, A, write this down. Read even if you don't feel like it. Even if you don't 
feel like it, read. Don't start out with 30 minutes. Don't start out with 45 minutes. If you're one of them, how many, well, I can start out real good with anything. Working out, dieting, fasting. I tried fasting the other day, Kendrick, but I got hungry. Is there anything to that? I can start something real good. It's just that follow-through. That See, I done learned something too, y'all. This don't have anything to do with the message, but all them workout places, you know why they get you to pay a year up? Because they know you're not going to finish. And they're going to get their money. Dumb. I was so dumb. And you would think, Brother Donnie, you would think them knowing they're getting my money for nothing, that would make me want to do it, but it didn't. Yeah, they appreciated me, amen. But do it even when you don't feel like it. Read. Now let me say this. Let me say this. You need to pick a specific time and a specific... I'm the morning neither. Brother, brother, brother Dorgan, he's not a morning person. He, he told me when, when we were talking about this and encouraging each other with this, he said, I have a lunch hour, and I take my time during that lunch time, and that's when I read my Bible. Because he said, in the morning times, I can barely get to work. My mind is not working yet till you know, 9 or 10 o'clock. So that's when I do it. Great. I've, I've had people say, if you don't do it in the morning, you're not right with God. Phooey. Whenever you can, just do it at the same time every day. It makes it a habit. If you do want something 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit. Because we're creatures of habit. That's why we don't like change. Wouldn't it be great not to like, stop reading your Bible? Wouldn't that be a great change to dislike? Because we've made it a habit. All right, read even if you don't feel like it. B, write this down. Make a solemn vow to God. And this is a biggie. And I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you The Bible says it's better not to make a vow than to make one and break it. That's true. But if you're going to make a vow, and there was many people in the Bible who made a vow because they were serious about what they were vowing. And when you get serious enough to make a decision, you'll make a vow. One man made a vow, I will not read my or I will not eat my breakfast till I read my Bible. Job says that he has considered the word of God more important than his necessary food. So he made a vow to God. He would not eat his breakfast till he read his Bible. He said that was the one thing that helped me stay disciplined so I could read my Bible. Oh, I, I don't think you ought to make a vow. If, if you don't, you'll stay right where you are the rest of your life. I know the Bible says that we're supposed to pay it. If we make a vow, we're supposed to pay it. Don't you think that'll help you keep up with what you have vowed? See, make no exceptions. See, that's the problem. That's what got me with this working out stuff. I was doing good. Miss Sheila, every week, I mean, boom, boom, boom. Then something happened. I'll make up for it tomorrow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We start a diet. Well, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's Thanksgiving and everything. And you know, the diet fairy understands this. I mean, it's, it's got, it's got Mama's dressing and everything. And you know, that, I mean, it's, it'd be a sin not to eat that. I tell you what, an excuse... Uh, Dr. E.V. Hill said an excuse is a lie wrapped in laziness. I, I tell you, I'm a professional coming up with an excuse. But you see, anybody that's been successful at training, development, whatever, they make no exceptions for anything. You know when that alcoholic falls off the wagon again? When he takes that first drink again. That's why they tell him, no exceptions. None. No social. No just one here or there. No exceptions. I will not go a day without reading my Bible. Even if it's 15 minutes, even if I don't feel like it, even if, I, even if it, listen, I, I don't have that much time today. Before I lay my head on my pillow, I will read my Bible. Make no exceptions. I added one that Tim didn't have because I think this is even more important. D, be accountable to someone. 
be accountable to someone. The Bible says, the Bible says in, uh, in 1 Peter 5, 5, watch this, y'all. Watch this. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, now watch this. I mean, this is just straight out of the Bible. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and clothed with humility. Why? For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. What does being accountable to somebody do? The Kendrick's my accountability partner. You say, well, how can I do that? Just get in a small group. That is what we have set up to help you be accountable because you have 10 to 12 people in there uh, that will, is going through the same thing you're going through. They're struggling with the same things you're struggling with. And they need accountability too. So here we are. I'm, I'm helping Brother Kendrick. Brother Kendrick is helping me. He'll say, he'll say, Brother Carter, did you read your Bible this week? I say, yes, I did. You know why I said that? Because I knew he was going to ask me. And knowing that I'm going to be accountable to him, knowing he's going to ask me, I want to be sure to do what I'm supposed to do because somebody's checking on me. You know when we're disciplined? When it's imposed discipline. When we've got a boss over our head. When we've got a teacher over our head. When we've got a, a, a parent over our head. We don't have trouble being disciplined then because it's imposed discipline. You know what? If we are so lack and we are so weak in our own self-discipline, it would do us justice and good to put somebody over us to help us with this. But you know why we don't? Old P word. Pride. I can do this by myself. Then why hadn't you been? Well, I can shake this addiction all by myself. Then why are you still addicted? Oh, I can get over this. I don't, I don't, I, I, I can quit anytime I want to. Well, quit. Let me read it again. Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you sub, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you are thinking. You're not like that TV preacher. He's nice. You know what I got to thinking? This week it dawned on me what I am. I'm a drill sergeant. I've never seen a nice drill sergeant. Uncle Chuck, do you ever have a, a nice drill sergeant? I never seen anybody in the military said, boy, my, my drill sergeant, he was just so nice to me. You know why he's that way? Because he's trying to keep you alive. He's going to be in your face. He's going to be disciplined. He's going to tell you what's right and tell you what's wrong and be in your face all the time till you do what you need to do because he doesn't want you to get in battle and get killed. You know who the most, the one they're most grateful for when they're in that battle and they survive? That old D.I. But they don't like him at the time. You may not like what I'm saying right now, but soon you're going to be in the midst of battle. You're going to appreciate what I'm telling you. I believe with all my heart one of the reasons that we have changed things here and what the, the direction God is doing and what we're trying to accomplish here is because we are facing some of the darkest days Christianity has ever seen. You let what's happening happen in politics and what's going on, and I promise you this, there will be a day before the rapture, I believe this with all my heart, before the rapture of the church, there will be a day that Christians go to prison. We don't need pansies. We need Christian soldiers. You're not going to be a soldier unless you know this book. Let me give you three quick things. Let me be nice. I can be nice. When we decide, when we decide I'm going to do this, hell or high water, friends or no friends, I'm going to decide in my life, I'm going to study and receive God's word. Then we, we put discipline in place. We practice those things that we listed there and we, we put ourselves with somebody else to help us hold each other accountable. Then, then 
as we begin to do this, we begin to notice something. My friend, you know the lumpy one I was telling you about? He said, after I did it and I started it, and nobody likes it because it hurts at first. How many of y'all have tried that before? You try, I see, y'all notice I said try. You know, I said, he said, man, it hurts. you sore everywhere. He said, but then after a little bit, start noticing something. You start seeing you can push more weight than you could push before. You ever notice that bodybuilders, the bigger they get, the less clothing they wear? Yeah, anybody, and they got mirrors everywhere. Am I lying? I'm, I'm telling the truth. I was working, there was, a, there was an old guy that re, redone a barn in South Carolina. It was just guys there. It was just a guy's gym, and they had free weights in there, and I was in there working out, son. I mean, I had Born to be Wild playing on the radio, and I was just, boy, I was working out. I took my shirt off. I wanted to see things and everything, and I was a gorilla walked in the door. He had more rolls than a bakery. I, he didn't even have a neck. I mean, he just had muscles on top of muscles. And I went and got my shirt. Hey, just some things you just know when to say when. Amen. But as you start working out and you see yourself getting stronger, you see yourself, your, your body starts changing. Man, that makes you want to do it some more. He said, man, after, after I was doing it for a while and I started seeing it, man, that gave me motivation. But you know what we do? We ask God to give us that first. You know what everybody was asking me? And I was asking of God, I wanted that. And you know what God was saying? You're getting it out of order. Nowhere in life does it work that way. It doesn't work in training. It doesn't work in dieting. It doesn't work in any part of life. And it will not work in the church. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a decision. Then you've got to impose discipline. But then you'll start seeing a delight. In that word, he said, his, in the law of the Lord, he delighted in it, the psalmist said. You say, why will I have a desire then? Why would the desire and the delight come then? Because of the prosperity that's received. Psalms 1, 2, and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law doth he meditate day and night. You know why he liked it? Watch what it done for him. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. How many of y'all want to be prosperous in what you do? In your business, in your finances, in your family. It comes through God's Word. Why will we have a desire then, preacher? Because of the prosperity that's received. Then the power that's received. Hebrews 4.12 Where the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's quick and powerful. The more I study my Bible, the more power of God that I have. Listen, not only that, but the peace that's received. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. 165. Watch this. Now, we all need to get this. If there, if there has never, ever been a motivating verse, this is as important as this one. Watch what this says. Is it up there? You got that one? Do you have that one, brother? Psalms 119, 165. I'll read it. They'll put it up there. I promise you it's there. Great. Peace. Say that with me. Great have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Do you know how many church splits could have been avoided if people just read their Bible? Great peace. Well, we need to send a Bible to the stock market. Because they're just flipping out. But if they would read in the Bible where it says, God shall supply all of my need. If they would read in the Bible that 
God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. They bring him peace. You having problems in your marriage? It's found in the book. Now, I, I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, where's the answer at? Tell me what page it's on. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about continuing in this book. A little fella asked his daddy. He said, well, daddy, how can reading my Bible cleanse my heart? How can it cleanse my heart? He said this. He said, son, take that basket right there. That's your mama's basket. It was dirty, had flowers in it before. He said, take that basket and go get me some water from the creek. Little fella took that basket and run to the creek, filled it up, and come. It was a wicker basket. Come back. By the time he got back, it was empty. He tore back out again, filled the basket up, come back. He did that about seven, eight times, just got frustrated. Dad, how is this helping me understand how the Word of God will cleanse my mind? He said, well, look in the basket. Boy, it was spit, shine, clean. He said, as the Word of God runs through your mind, in heart. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? <laughs> I've taken heed to that. Preacher, I've just been worried to death. Well, dig your nose into that. Turn off Fox. Turn, show enough, turn off CNN and CBS and ABC and Hell's Box Office. Turn all that garbage off. And start reading some of that. Let me read the book. You got that verse again? You got that verse again? Throw that verse back up there. Great peace. Let's read it. We need to memorize it. Because this world needs some of this right now. Read it with me. Try it again. You know what? When people come to my office and preacher, I was offended. Somebody's not reading their Bible. You wouldn't believe what she said. You're not going to believe what he did. Read it again. How much? Anytime people are bent out of shape, I know they hadn't been in this. You may not like it. I gave you scripture and verse for everything I said. We need to be Christian soldiers. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder how many saved folks.